Travis Ryer, the BamaOnline.com staff, following the 2020 Iron Bowl contested right here in Tuscaloosa. The Alabama Crimson Tide, 42-13 winners over the rival Auburn Tigers. Fifth straight win for the Alabama Crimson Tide in the series at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And Alabama, a team on Saturday afternoon, on all cylinders, I guess you could say, is maybe as much as any time we've seen this season. I thought the defense came out, set the tone with a three and out, got some early pass rush from Christopher Allen, uh, got off the field. A lot of concern about Nick Saban's absence, maybe more so with the defense than Steve Sarkeesian and the offensive side of the ball, but you got to give Pete Golding and that defensive staff a lot of credit took care of business on first down early. You know, a week ago we talked about it. Kentucky had a lot of success on first down. Its first 10 first down snaps last Saturday, Kentucky rolled up 96 yards on 10 plays. Auburn today, 26 yards on 12 first down plays, considerably better. Again, as much as we're going to talk about Steve Sarkeesian and justifiably so and the play of that offense and Sark standing in for Saban, doing a good job of directing this club over the three-plus hours that the game consumed on Saturday afternoon. Give it up for the defensive guys, too. That was real improvement. I'm ready to go there now with this Alabama defense. If you know me, if you've read me, if you've heard me, you know even after last Saturday, even with this stretch that ended uh, in the fourth quarter, Saturday evening, with Auburn finally getting into the end zone, these this touchdown uh, free stretch that the Alabama defense had navigated, uh, I'm on board with the improvement aspect. Am I ready to say this is a borderline dominant Alabama defense? No, but I don't know if you can look around college football right now and say that about many defenses. So uh, strong performance for the Alabama defense, really set the tone, gave the offense the time it needed to get itself going and hitting that double move to Devontae Smith. And Auburn with so much interest, so much emphasis and focus on Najee Harris in the run game, and understandably so. This is an Auburn defense that we told you throughout the week had really struggled against legitimate run offenses. The last two it had faced, Ole Miss and Tennessee, had both exceeded 220 rushing yards against the Tigers. So a lot of eyeballs a lot of first responses from that Alabama, that Auburn defense on Saturday afternoon in relation to Najee Harris and Matt Jones made the Auburn Tigers pay. You know, the first two touchdown passes, uh, the one to Devontae for 66 yards, and then to follow it up with play action and kind of a quick pop over the middle to John Mechie. Good stuff. Good stuff from this Alabama offense and the Alabama staff. Nick Saban after the game, by the way, if you're wondering, we did catch up with Nick Saban via Zoom. You probably saw him on CBS post-game check-in via phone call, but he did admit to yelling at the television a few times. He checked in with us. He was like in his billiards room. He calls it the recruiting room for Alabama, and you can see why. It looks like it's about what you would expect uh, for a recruiting room, but Nick seemed to be in really good spirits, as you would expect, and sounded great. Looked good, sounded good. So good news there, too, that Nick Saban looks like he's weathering this situation of COVID-19 in pretty good form 
We'll see going into the week, and as you start to look ahead to LSU, exactly what his status will be for Baton Rouge next Saturday night. And of course, that'll be a primetime matchup on CBS. Uh, but Nick, post game today, uh, sounded and looked like the Nick Saban we deal with uh, on a regular basis. Um, you know, a solid win all the way around. I predicted 41 23, ended up 42 13. Um, you know, and Auburn was pretty much exactly in the mode Alabama wanted Auburn to be in for the majority of the game Saturday afternoon, and that's with Bo Nix throwing the football. And again, that goes back to the work that Alabama's front seven especially did early in the game. Very disciplined, not a lot of hero ball, no hero ball. Guys just trying to do their thing, do their assignments. And um, Josh Job. Had a great game. I know he was flagged for pass interference there in the second half, but talk about tone setters. He makes the opening tackle on the opening kickoff. First two kickoffs, actually, you saw Josh Job down there, and he finished with 10 tackles in the game. i got to think that's probably a career high for him. But you get the three sacks. Will Anderson with a sack. How about that? Everybody had been waiting on that one. Christopher Allen, as we said, a, a, a big one early in the game. Christian Barmore with a sack, really a collective effort, team effort. Thought just about every phase of the game was good. Didn't like the turnover down inside the five. The game was pretty much put away at that point, but you get the interception from Brian Branch. You're inside the the 10 and looking like you're really going to add to an already insurmountable lead, but Brian Robinson puts it on the ground. But penalties-wise and things like that, a cleaner Alabama team, certainly, than a year ago when the Crimson Tide committed 13 penalties down on the Plains uh, and took care of the football for the most part. You know, Mac considered a game manager, right, going into this game. Well, Mac averaged 11.6 yards per pass attempt. Just under 70% of his passes were completed, and he threw a UA career high five touchdown passes. That's game management. You'll take that every day of the week. Had a little bit of a scare right there, right, in the, what was it, the third quarter with Najee. Took the hit on the knee. Was really good to see him able to come back into the game. Again, Najee influences so much for opposing defenses because we talk so much about this passing game, and we should, but as you saw from the outset on Saturday, Kevin Steele was not going to have Najee Harris chunk running him for four quarters, like you saw with Eric Gray and Tyson Chandler of Tennessee last week. That was not going to happen, which if you're Alabama, that's okay because then you can work the quick game outside. I thought Alabama's receivers continued to help each other a good bit as blockers. Um, Jalil Billingsley continues to take steps forward. Slade Bolden did go. Miller Forrestall did go. And so from a health perspective, seeing Najee be okay after that awkward situation he encountered there in the third quarter, looks like you're coming out of this game in really good shape, too, from an injury perspective. Just got to keep the COVID off. Man, can we do that? What else do you uh, guys and gals have for me on this Saturday evening? I know you're probably interested in Texas A&M, LSU. That's ongoing. The Egg Bowl looked like. It had at least an interesting finish, better than the Iron Bowl, which basically came down to whether or not Auburn might cover the 24-and-a-half. Ken, you were pretty close then, 42-17. That's solid. Yeah, D, uh, Malachi Moore, you're right. 
He is great. How about two true freshmen with interceptions tonight? You love to see that, don't you? Malachi Moore there at the end of the second quarter with a big pick, and then Brian Branch follows up with one of his own there in the second half, and uh, that bodes well for that defense. Will Anderson had a really good game as a true freshman. Um, <laughs> yeah, Alex says Mac did a great job managing the game with those five touchdown passes. Yeah, I thought so too, Alex. Um, but your 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 defense, I, I you know, I can't deny it any longer. There is definite improvement, and I'm not going to compare this Auburn defense offense to some of the greats, uh, 2014, 2010, those type of offenses. But you know, other than maybe some third down conversions, which we did hear from Nick Saban post game, and as you might expect. Nick sees 9 of 19 on third down for Auburn, and he doesn't like that. But you took the football away a couple times, too, and you had a third turnover that it looked like you had on the forced fumble at the time by Josh Job that was recovered by Patrick Sertan, and that one was taken away from you on the review. So continue to do some really good things in terms of takeaways, continue to win the turnover battle uh, tonight. I think you had, again, the late pass interference penalty on Josh Joe, but penalty-wise, uh, a really good situation for this Alabama team. You know, for Mac, um, you know, I, I think it was a statement performance, not even so much in terms of the game manager stuff, but also there had been this, this growing narrative, and justifiably, because Kyle Trask had been putting up such monster numbers. Uh, I think... I think Mac answered some of that, maybe where the Heisman Trophy is concerned, and uh, might see him more back into the into the top line of the talk there as we uh, as we move forward. Yeah, Neil really likes Jalil Billingsley, and you know thought we'd see more two tight ends maybe because of Slade Bolden being questionable going into the game. Again, we did see Slade a little bit, saw a lot of Javon Baker, the true freshman at wide receiver as well. Uh, but I believe it was Kendall Randolph and Jalil that opened the game in 12 personnel with Najee at running back and those two guys uh, at the tight ends. But you know there had been some concerns too as it relates to maybe an overemphasis on Devontae Smith. I'm not sure if you can overemphasize a guy like Devontae Smith, but there's no arguing. Devontae had been targeted a ton, and that was even while Jalen Waddell was available. Uh, and it's certainly continued to be the case since Jalen has been out. But you did see more targets go towards John Mechie on Saturday. And actually, I think Mechie, for one of the rare times, if not the only time this season, Devontae Smith did not lead Alabama in targets. It was John Mechie today. Now, Devontae, when he was targeted... He caught passes on each of his seven targets. So Devontae uh, certainly uh, capitalized on his on his opportunities. Uh, Rick asking about Dylan Moses. Yeah, you know, I thought Dylan was active. I thought Dylan was more of a presence. Um, you know, I thought just in general the front seven and the pressure that they were able to generate you know, if it was a quarterback who didn't have the legs of Bo Nix, I think that sack total could have been six or seven tonight because those guys were getting in the neighborhood. And Nix did a good job a couple of times of evading pressure 
and uh, making a play or at least avoiding a negative play. And, yeah, I, I think the rotation up front continues to become more and more promising Continuing to see another true freshman in Tim Smith early in games, that was the case again. Uh, you think about you think about these guys in eight months even. You think about Tim Smith in eight months. You think about Will Anderson in eight months. And remember, guys and gals, there are, there are difference makers for the future that we're not even seeing right now. You know, we're not seeing some four and even five stars a lot yet. I mean, you're seeing Drew Sanders on special teams. You haven't seen Chris Braswell yet. You know, he's an outside linebacker, needed some time physically. So, you know, you give this group another 8 to 12 months and imagine what it's going to look like. And you're also happy today for the 17 outgoing seniors that were honored pregame. Just a different situation altogether. Saban also talked about that postgame, how – that made it difficult as well. It was equally difficult not to be there for Nick Saban today, to not be able to personally pay tribute to those seniors. Uh, and then also on top of everything else, you know, it's the, the Iron Bowl. And by the way, it does, does count as a W for Nick Saban. Now 9-5 and five is Alabama's head coach in the Iron Bowl. But for Steve Sarkeesian, definitely a – a nice thing to have on the resume moving forward. And that drumbeat is going to continue to increase. I have no doubt as we move through the closing stages of the season. I've said it before. I know that, you know, the talk is pretty much limited with Sark to college football. But if I'm an NFL team, I'm at least going to do my diligence on Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, that's what Alabama is doing this is an NFL offense, and if you're, say, a team like Detroit and you're trying to maximize this sort of stretch run for a guy like Matt Stafford, I think you could go worse directions than Steve Sarkeesian. I'm not saying he's going to get an NFL job. I'm just saying Cliff Kingsbury got one. Yeah, Michael, I just touched on that. I don't know. You know, it could be that it is more along the lines of a college job. And if it is, if Texas comes open, wouldn't you make at least a investigative call or put out feelers or, again, vet Steve Sarkeesian if you're someone like Texas? I would think you would. I know a lot of Alabama fans. Alabama fans don't want to start going anywhere. Ready to give him $5 million a year as a coordinator for five years. Just keep him locked down. I hear you. But again, I give a lot of credit today, too, to a guy that's caught a lot of flack the last couple of two-plus years, and that's Pete Golding. Because that defense, just from last week to this week, was improved. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Rick says Hugh Freeze to Texas. Okay. I think Alabama fans are fine with anyone but Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, and I get it, Bill. I'm just throwing out potential you know, but if you're an offensive coordinator in the SEC and an NFL team offers you a head coaching job, I don't care if it's Detroit or anywhere else or Jacksonville or Jags, Bill. You're going to leave an OC gig in the SEC to be an NFL head coach. I, I haven't seen a coach yet that's going to say no to that. Maybe Sark would. It's just a hypothetical. It's a zany hypothetical on a Saturday night. Got nothing else to do. Well, we actually do. We got some good Saturday night football coming up. We got continuing coverage.
of um, Alabama-Auburn. So we'll have you covered throughout the evening with that. Getting a question about DJ Dale. You know, I've said it before. DJ is what DJ is. He's a nose tackle. And he can be very good at what they need him to do in terms of early downs. And that's fit gaps and allow other people to make plays. DJ to this point, he's not quite um, he's not quite Deron Payne or Quinnen Williams. They don't need him to be right now. Blake asking if Sark could be coaching waiting. You know, I can't envision Nick Saban being okay with that. Not at least publicly, you know. Because there's the other side of that. When you go coaching waiting, especially with an older coach, I don't see how that can help you in recruiting. And I think Sark is a guy that has done a nice job in recruiting. And I think for a lot of people, you know, that scenario would be viewed in a positive light. But it also puts off the sort of um, perception of short timing. You know, it, it becomes a distraction, just like I thought it was with Mac Brown and Will Muschamp at Texas. It becomes a thing where every year or every twice, twice every year, you're asking, you're getting asked questions about, well, what's it looking like? Or, you know, you get through a season and you're not ready to step down, and now here comes other schools after your coach and waiting. I don't, I don't see it going that way, especially with Nick Saban. I don't see it, but we'll see maybe. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, Bill, it's a good point. I, not, only the, uh, not only the tackling, but the numbers that Alabama's starting to get to the ball. You know, that's one of the biggest things that's been missing these last couple of years is you used to see four, five, six guys get to the football in crimson or in white. And that hasn't been as common the last year or so. But I agree. I thought tonight you saw more of that. Um, you know, you did have a couple of breakdowns on the back end. The same thing that Devontae hit Smoke Monday with for a 66-yard touchdown grab, um, Alabama got hit with. Alabama was fortunate on the Seth Williams drop. There's no doubt about that. That, that makes it a little different game for sure if Williams hangs on on that double move where he looked like he got Daniel Wright taking the cheese a little bit. Yeah, Blake, we talked about Malachi and Brian earlier. Man, to have these freshmen, these core freshmen that you're going to be able to move forward with, um, you know, and you're still young in some other spots. I mean, you're still playing a lot of second-year defensive linemen. You're playing a second-year weak side linebacker. Um, you know, you've got a lot to look ahead to with this front seven and with Brian Branch and Malachi Moore. And, uh, you know, I thought Jordan Battle probably hadn't talked about him enough. He continues to play at a nice level, too. He, uh, he was solid once again tonight, I thought. And a lot of that goes back to tackling. I think if Alabama's safeties just don't let the ball get thrown over their head, this defense is getting to a point where just give them a chance to play defense instead of giving up explosive plays for touchdowns like they did to say Ole Miss, and they can still get off the field. Yeah, Rick wants more touches for Jalil Billingsley. There you go. Jalil um, rounding into sort of that Irv Smith role at this point. 
could be even more dynamic before it's all said and done. We'll see. Irv was pretty good. You know, Irv, it was reminiscent. Jalil's touchdown on the corner, it was actually an over route. He wasn't lined up to the side where he ended up catching the ball. So he actually ran a, a, an over route from the, uh, from the H position, it looked like, the Y or the H. And uh, that was a beautiful throw. I mean, Max deep ball, both the touchdown passes were to Mechie, couldn't have been more perfect. And they were absolutely perfect. He didn't make the mistake with Devontae on the deep ball of overthrowing it. Gave him a very catchable ball. Um, the play design on sort of the screen and go to Devontae was exceptional. And Matt carried it out perfectly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just the, the passing game was great. But, again, a lot of it was off RPO type action. And uh, our play action, and you knew you were going to see a lot of play action this year. But you know they're starting to have more success even off RPO looks. Carolyn Bryce Young's fine. You know he's the he's the backup quarterback. He got sacked tonight. Looked like Alex gave up a inside pass rush. Bryce's tackles, his first team tackles, haven't helped him much the last two weeks. You know Evan Neal got beat on the play last week that Bryce Young turned into his first touchdown pass at Alabama. And uh, tonight, I don't know, I'm hesitant about calling guys out on a couple of things. And they typically involve pass protection because you don't know the blocking scheme, just watching. You don't know everyone's personal responsibilities in watching from the couch. And also, you know, coverage breakdowns, whether it's the corner of the safety or a linebacker lets somebody go, you know, stuff like that. We're not privy to all the intricacies that are involved when it comes to protection schemes and or uh, coverage. But it looked like Alex got beat with an inside move tonight. Yeah, I mean, if Alabama takes care of business in every game from here on out, you're going to continue to see Bryce Young. I don't think you're going to see Bryce Young scripted in. There's nothing that we've seen to this point uh, that you would think uh, would would lead to that. Bill's asking about Heisman help that maybe Matt got tonight or Devontae. Look, Devontae should be in that mix. He absolutely should. The ceiling for Devontae Smith should not be the Bolitnikoff Award. And I'm going to tell you why. Because now that he's returning punts, and I know a lot of you folks don't like that, but now when you consider he's returning punts and he's still covering punts, you saw him again today. And he's done it since the first game of the year. He's out there covering punts. And he is a football player. He's not a wide receiver. You know, that's, that's pretty much that's what he's limited to. And you put Devontae Smith at corner. You think he could be Derek Stingley? Probably. You put Devontae Smith at safety. Anywhere in the secondary. He's just a hell of a football player. So he should be in that mix. But for what the award is, Bill, and you know this as well as I do, I mean, it's Mac. Mac has to be the top of those three. Najee should be at the very top of the list where we're talking about, um, you know, the uh, Doak Walker. Uh, Devontae should be at the top of the I know Elijah Moore, if you look at it numbers-wise, is probably ahead of 
Devontae, but if we're being honest, and it's not even about it being a career achievement award, Devontae should be there. Yeah, Jeff, uh, you know, Chris Allen had to leave the game briefly there in the first half with an upper extremity issue, went into the injury tent, and we did. Saw Ben Davis. Um, You know, he got matched up in coverage once, but he was where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. Um, You know, and he didn't just give up a, you know, a straight line explosive play. So, yeah, it was good to see Ben out there in his last game, home game at Alabama. All right, gang, I'm going to let you guys get back to LSU, Texas A&M. It's been a lot of fun. I know you're in celebratory mode tonight. Have fun. Be safe. Take care of one another. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. And still got regular season football, man. Got LSU coming up. I know a lot of you folks are excited. You wanted this one with the Tigers. Well, looks like you'll get them. Knock on wood, right? Looks like Alabama LSU next Saturday night, primetime, 7 o'clock on CBS, will have you covered throughout the week. I'm sure recruiting coverage will be a big part of this week because there's no way of talking about these two teams without recruiting, both past and present, coming into play. So Hank South will have a lot of great stuff for you. Tim Watts, site publisher, always has great stuff for you, especially there at the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tide fans Everywhere, Uh, you're going to have continuing coverage this evening from Charlie Potter and from also Kirk McNair and myself. So we got you. We got you through the weekend. Hey, um, this will upload, by the way, to the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the Bama Online Podcast, catch all of our podcast content right there wherever you do your podcasting. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, you name it, Megaphone. We're there for you. And leave us a rating and a review if you don't mind. That would help us out a lot as well. Thanks again for joining us here on Instant Analysis. Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll talk to you again real soon.